My life be like Welcome in to the Anox podcast. This is Ryan, your Anox, with Peter, the Anox, as well, joined together Hello uh, again. for this podcast segment. Hello, everyone. Hopefully, you guys are all doing well. Hopefully, you guys are all staying safe. Thank you again for tuning in to our podcast. Um, we've loved your support up to this point. We love the comments that they when they come in and. Um, all around, we're just very grateful um, that you guys are supporting us and, and make sure you hit that subscribe button if you have not already, um, as well as hitting that like if you enjoy the content of this video today. We will be talking about college. We're going back to college, Peter. Oh, yeah. I feel oh, young man. again. Oh, <laughs> I just man. graduated from college. <laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, it's, it's college day today and, and college football talk today um, in a very interesting and different to say the least, college football season as, as it started so far a couple weeks in um, for, for, most of the, for the, most of the conferences. But, but yeah, college football is back. I know Peter and myself, huge college football enthusiasts, follow it pretty much every year of our existence prior to this year. Um, but yeah, I want to I get to know, Peter, how you're feeling about this year. We're going to touch, touch base on... on Obviously, of course, LSU Tigers are reigning national champions um, and, and everything in between. Um, but yeah, Peter, how you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. Again, like Ryan was saying, happy that y'all are all viewing us, liking, subscribing, feedback, good and bad, whatever it is. Thank you for viewing and supporting us as we continue this channel. Yeah, we are going back to college. Obviously, you can see here I'm a big LSU Tiger fan. I've mentioned in a previous podcast I graduated twice over. I recently graduated, so I'm not going too far back, really just a few months ago. <laughs> but college football is back, thank goodness. Um, you know, Maybe it's not all the way back like we're normally seeing it, but we got news a few weeks ago that the Big Ten is going to be coming back with an eight-game schedule in their conference in October. Even the Pac-12 is coming back, seven-game um schedule in their conference early November. And as we just saw, the SEC and ACC and all the other big conferences are coming back slowly. They have played some games. So it's been a different season, but at least we have football. And again, this season, maybe it's going to be tough to determine a champion, but we're just happy to see them play. I mean, again, we mentioned this in a previous podcast about college football is that, you know, imagine last year you don't see Joe Burrow play in a game you know that's money out of his pocket he wouldn't have been the number one pick going into that year if he didn't play last year so this season is really about the players and advancing their careers so if you're a player this is the time to rise and shine so we're happy to see them play hopefully everyone plays as well as they can just happy to see it um again lsu what we're expecting to see in COVID 19 right now in louisiana 25 percent capacity so it looks very odd. There's no tailgating. That's something you, you truly hate to see. Uh, and just to give you kind of a context and reference of, I guess, the culture, I'd like to ask uh, Ryan here about his experience, uh, his first-time experience last year when he came down for an LSU-Arkansas game back in, I think, November. Oh, yeah, knock. Oh, man. Uh, story time. To hop in a time machine and, and go back to that weekend, 
and that day in specific oh man the amount of money i would pay to do that exponential so my first ever football game peter was that game college really? or nfl level that was my very first football game and and for the viewers it was last year 2019 obviously we know what lsu did um so it was their magical year they were playing arkansas <laughs> in november arkansas i mean world beaters by any stretch of the imagination is never in doubt never Big in question suey. Oh, man, I think LSU was like a minus 45-point favorite in that game. Obviously, blow up, but the game itself, obviously, going into it, I was so excited just because it was my first football game. But I think with that day in specific, I realized that, yes, the football game and, and what goes on on, on on the actual field, so fun to watch, so fun to be a part of, but equally as fun is is the events leading up to that. It's the tailgate experience. Experience, if you will, and and with Peter, he showed me around. I mean, we went to what was that? Uh, what was that place where we got the smoothies from, Peter? We went to oh, the... Spanky's. Oh, Spanky's. Got us, uh, got us some daiquiris just for the road. Just it's a long walk from parking to uh, my friend's tailgate. Shout out to Key and T's for allowing us to to join his tailgate near the Greek Theater. Shout out, yes, sir. Yeah, and we got a little little Spanky's daiquiris. And oh my gosh, car, walked all across the stadium, across the campus. Excuse me. And uh, got a little lid. Oh, man. Liddy 5000. Um, yeah, we went to Spanky's. First time ever going there. Peter kind of just showed me the, the whole experience. Phenomenal host. Again, Peter, I can't thank you enough for that weekend. But Saturday in itself, went to Spanky's in the morning or, or close to, to, to noontime because it was a night game. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm glad that they flexed it into a night game because the night game gave us the whole day for extravagant activities shenanigans. to unfold. Shenanigans, if you will. <laughs> so, um, you know, with the whole tailgate experience, that's the first time tailgating. We, we had spankies and, and we um, had those daiquiris as we were kind of walking along as it is a little bit of a trek um, into Death Valley, into where the stadium is from where we parked. Met up with uh, Peter's friend, um, who was hosting the the tailgate and it was i mean amazing experience you know we were playing games you know the whole beer pong rage cage all that stuff all the fun stuff um having a grand old time and as we know we were waiting for our lsu tigers a couple hours away uh from from stepping the field but just wait we got the band coming out and the band came out and me and peter you know for we were you know front row front row listening to that band the lsu band i'm sure they're award-winning i'm i'm not 100 sure but i will say they're award-winning in my book because did they put up a show man that band was on point um, all around you know just leading up to the game got you hyped up got mm. you hyped up and for someone for me first time ever going to death valley and, and watching a game that whole you know pre-game experience was just phenomenal phenomenal i mean you see the energy, you feel the energy, and it's just all around, you know, you got tailgates left and right as far as the eye can see. And then everybody, every time you would pass another tailgate, friendly, so friendly, oh, come on in, you know, that, that hospitable environment that, you know, the South is, is accustomed to being known for, but still, you felt it in a football atmosphere. And, and for someone first time ever experiencing that, I mean, it didn't let down and it exceeded my expectation by by a long shot and it was amazing and then as we entered into the stadium we got there a little bit early so we got to see you know joey b warming up you got to see shamar chase justin jefferson all those guys you know getting warmed up for the game um and it was just amazing i mean we were sitting in the student section so obviously the atmosphere was was par none and and it was just an amazing experience all around and i could gladly say you know as someone that as someone that's been a lifelong LSU fan, lifelong football fan, it had lived up and even exceeded and surpassed my expectation from what a football game is. And, and that's why I can say I'm glad I did it the time I did it because obviously we, we know now how things has transpired just from a worldwide um, angle on, on the way things are, are done and from an interaction standpoint. You can't beat that. And I think that college really sets the standard on how 
things should be. I know I'm a big, you know, soccer fan and I know, you know, overseas in Europe, they do great things soccer wise to make that atmosphere the way it is. But I think when you come to the U.S., college football and in specific SEC football, tailgating and, and the overall experience at a game, you can't beat it. And that solidified it. My experience solidified it. Amazing. And I thank you again, Peter, for that experience. But but yeah, definitely highlights of the, I mean, Spankies before the game, those Zachary's, oh, they spank you. They don't get that name for no reason. They spank you. And then just the overall thank you to your friend again. Tailgating was freaking amazing. Golden Land. Time of our Golden lives. Land. Shout out to the band. <laughs> and then just the, the like I said. I was pretty lit the by the band. Point, so I was doing the band. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, we, I felt like I was one of the drumsticks and I was just going. I was just going. <laughs> and then, and then obviously we know how the game went. They, they murdered Arkansas. Um, slow start to that game, but, but then they just went off in, in the second, third uh, quarters. Just never in doubt. I think they won by 36 points, something along those lines. Amazing experience. But yeah, I wanted to bring that up. And thank you, Peter, for asking that just due to the fact that. You mentioned it, 25% occupancy now and no tailgating. Mm. That has to take a massive, massive impact on the overall college football experience, college football landscape. Although I know that it is for good reasoning because of the, the pandemic and health, health of you know, everyone is priority number one. But I think when we're just viewing this under the you know, college football landscape and, and mind microscope, it does take a lot away. It does take a lot. I can imagine it takes a lot away from, from the fans that, and, and the students attending LSU as well as, as well as the players too. But Peter, I, I'd like to get your take. You're there. You're in Baton Rouge. You're in Tigerland itself, you know, only a few miles away from the stadium. How has the vibe been with those lifelong Tiger fans, with yourself too, with, with how things are trans, trans, transfolding? It, it's definitely different. Um, it just feels dead. I mean, I've seen pictures just around campus, uh, the, the before and after sort of thing where it's where it's usually a normal game day versus right now what it's looking like. It's just completely different. It looks like a it doesn't even look like a school day. I mean, it's just it's completely, completely different. It's a ghost town. Uh, unfortunately, in this pandemic, it, it just you really, truly hate to see it. I mean, I understand there's really no, I guess, right decision to make. You want health conscious. You want people to be healthy. Uh, but we are missing out on the college football. I'm glad they're playing. But this is such a huge thing for for culture and everything like that. And you know, it's not just a good time. It's really just for people to come together and enjoy enjoy culture, enjoy each other. And we're all missing out on it. Hopefully, we can get it back as soon as possible, as, as health allows and safety allows. But you know, it is something that's that's definitely tough to see. And yeah, it is different. I mean, I'm telling you, it's completely different. It's dead out here, and hopefully, we improve it. Yeah, Nak, and that, that's the reason why both you and me have loved college football our whole lives is, is that environment, is that atmosphere that it provides week in and week out, especially when it comes to like a, a conference game, SEC game. I mean, that environment, even though it was Arkansas, the, the game we attended last year, even though it was an opponent that was unmatched with LSU, I mean... Moments in that game, you just felt the energy throughout the whole stadium. It palpable. was just absolutely powerful. Shaq was there. Shaq was there. Shaq Daddy was there. Mm -hmm. And we were maybe, what, a few hundred feet away from him. But we could touch we were, him. Basically. Yeah, we, we could touch him. Yeah. And, and he was there. And just even when he came onto the field, he made an appearance. You know, the student section just absolutely erupted. We were going crazy. You know, those fight songs and, and those anthems, you know, they're still stuck in my head, man. And, and it's just... It's unfortunate to see the, the year kind of go on as it's been going on. But at the end of the day, of course, we're happy that they're at least playing for some of the players also that have that draft capital. Um, they can still make that impact to solidify the rest of their careers from a financial aspect and potentially make the NFL. And also um, for the fan, I mean, just the fan in us, we're, we're glad to see it happening. But also we have to be very cognizant of of what's going on health-wise around the world, around the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that's just kind of a big takeaway as far as you know the impact this year has um, with the COVID pandemic as opposed to previous years. I mean, college football, it's all about that atmosphere and environment and something that we haven't 
seen or we probably will not see uh, this year and, and moving forward. Now, we'll, we'll talk about the actual games that have been playing. Peter, you've gotten to at least watch a little bit more than I have. I unfortunately have not been caught up to the likes of how much I would like to be caught up with, mm-hmm. with college football. But there's been some upsets. Talk about them. Yes, there has been some upsets, some that has made me upset. But uh, I'll, I'll start with the Big 12, a couple of the teams. Number three, Oklahoma, then number three, Oklahoma. And I think there was a second game. Lost to Kansas State. Mm, 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 mm. Close game, close game. But I'm here, Oklahoma. You expect to win that. They come back the next week, lose another close game to Iowa State. What are those? What are you doing? Lincoln Riley, come on now. I, I'm not going to say he's on the hot seat, but I know it's COVID and we they don't have the normal practice time or whatever, but that's it, very concerning for them. And another concerning team in the Big 12, Texas, almost losing in the first game against Texas Tech. They were number eight ranked. They've got a, a they're top 10 in, in recruiting. So Texas was expected to do big things, especially the last couple of years with, with Sam Ellinger as their quarterback. He's expected to be a Heisman hopeful. Then they lose after a close call against Texas Tech. They lose the next week to TCU. Ah, Tom Herman, what are you doing? I'm not going to say you're on the hot seat, but come on now. Same thing with Lincoln Riley. Both concerning. You know, Tom Herman was someone that LSU was thinking about getting. Thank goodness we didn't get him. Uh, Coach O, baby. Look, he had a good record at Houston. I was interested. If he'd gone to LSU, I would have supported him, but good thing we stuck with Coach O. Now, getting back to the upsets I'm upset about, (sighs) defending champs, LSU Tigers. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Didn't come out to play against Mississippi State. Sorry to say... It was not very good. It was not championship worthy. Uh, Miles Brennan, he needs to improve. He has improved this week, last week against Vanderbilt. He has shown improvement. But the hesitancy in the pocket. Look, I'm not trying to make him out to be Joe Burrow. And I hope no one else is – I mean, we want to hold him to that standard. That's the best you can be. But, yeah, you know, first-time starter, I mean, come on. You've been in this offense for a year. You've been under Coach O for four years now. Kind of expect a little bit more, a little bit more leadership, carry the load. Ah, he just he looks a little hesitant in the pocket. You know, a little bit more composure. Just calm down. Look, trust your offense, trust your preparation. I, some people are questioning his preparation. I think you, if if you trust your preparation, you do your film work, you'll be composed. You'll be fine. Just trust it. And that's the thing. It, it's been it's been tough to see. He's improving. Hopefully, he can. Keep it going. I do. I do feel good though about LSU going forward. I think they're gonna they're gonna pull off some upsets, uh, whether it be against Florida, or Alabama, a little little TBH there. I think they're gonna beat. I think they're gonna beat Florida. That's my TBH. Okay, I'll, I'll make that one a final okay. TBH on that yeah. one. Uh, I think they're gonna. What about Bama? Gonna, I'm not gonna go there yet. Yeah, hold okay. me on that. But I think yeah, we've only seen them two weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think Miles Brennan will get it together and the team will get it together. Defense was awful against Mississippi State, by the way. I know Bo Pelini is new and everything like that, but 600 yards. KJ Costillo, yeah. come on now. What is this? I'm going to ask you, Peter. I've heard from sources that that was the most yards ever in a game in SEC history. Can you confirm or deny that? I can confirm that. I believe that's what oh was said gosh. over the broadcast. And I guess yeah, we... Someone, yeah. Someone told me that, and I'm like, there's no way. I mean, SEC is such a historical conference. I mean, there's got to be a performance that tops that one. And oh my, and for it to happen against our Tigers and Mississippi State national champs. Yeah. yeah. And Mississippi State, who goes on the next week, who they, they lost, they, they lost last week. They lost last week. Oh man. But yeah, that definitely an upset. Some of the stuff that you're saying, Peter, I'm reacting to for the first time. So viewers, obviously, please take that into account because I haven't been able to follow college football to the likes that I've wanted to. But the LSU one, definitely, when, I, when, when the result came, it was just, what's going on? And Peter, you're the first one I wanted to hear the reaction to uh, for, for that. But I mean, 
still so early in the year. So you got time. I know you said Florida is going to be a lock in, pencil it in, put it on the board. They're going to beat Florida. Alabama, different story. We'll get to the Alabama team in a little bit. But but yeah, regarding the upsets, I mean, the Oklahoma one, I mean, that that's two two times already. I mean, this is a team and this is a coach, uh, as you mentioned, Lincoln Riley. I mean, he's not in the hot seat because he has, you know, two Heisman trophy winners in the last three years. But I, I think overall that's concerning because you're in a big 12 conference that, I mean, competition is pretty good, but it's not like SEC competition by any stretch. So concerning with that, but yeah, there has been a lot of upsets so far, a lot of upsets. Interesting. Yeah, te- Texas Interesting. too. They, they've been just, like I said, they, they've been disappointing under Tom Herman. I mean, they, they have good records. It's just some of the big games. They are, are the games you should win. They just haven't been quite convincing. Yeah. yeah. I am not. Yeah, but- I mentioned also, I just want to say, I know I was on a, a tiger rant there, but I guess we can't expect too much out of them. Look, yeah. they're still riding high. I still trust Coach O. They're riding high on a championship. Obviously, COVID, everyone can use the excuse, but we're all playing under the same rules with COVID. So, you know, I'm giving them time. I still trust Coach O. I think a little bit falls on him, lack of a preparation. But look, they've got new coordinators, obviously a new quarterback at the helm, new players pretty much playing in the starting positions. So while I was on a Tiger rant, I still have faith that – we're going to get it together. We're going to find a rhythm. So Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that point up too, Peter, because yes, we're, we're so fresh off of that incredible magical season that we just witnessed. Undefeated, Joe Burrow, and then, you know, a lot, a lot has changed. Really, a lot has changed this year. Jamar Chase is no longer, uh, you know, suiting up right now as he opted out of the season. Um, and then Brady has gone uh, to Carolina. So there's, there's a lot of moving pieces still. And, and of course, the most important position, we'll always stress this, is the quarterback. And what we saw from Burrow last year, I mean, that hasn't ever been done in general from the history of college football. So let alone, we can't really have that expectation or set that for, for Miles Brennan. Uh, otherwise, we're just going to be disappointed in the long run because it's going to be a new year, but but definitely, I think with the talent, we're still going to be able to compete week in and week out. But we're not going to be expected to do what we did last year and, and just absolutely blow everybody out of the water every game we play them. So different year and different expectation as, as we should have as LSU fans. But I think going into this year, we have to be just prepared for the absolute unexpected. I mean, that's just how 2020 has unfolded. <laughs> so, I mean, as LSU fans, similar, very similar. Very, very, Like I said, last year will be forever embedded in the LSU history. That's fine. We have to move on, though. But we still always reminisce and we talk about that. But we have to move on to this current team and focus in on that and seeing what their opportunity is. But yeah, Peter, I want to also... Get your surprising teams in the top 25. So some colleges that have surprised you so far um, um, in their play or, or the fact that they've inched their way up into the top 25. I want to hear them. What Absolutely. are they? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I've got three of them. Two of them are in the ACC. The U. The U. Is it back? Ooh, the U. Number, Miami? Yeah. They're number, what, number seven, I think. They're in the top 10. Oh, man. Um, they're playing number one Clemson this Saturday. So we'll see if they're for real. Just, good luck. Uh, just, just, I mean, hey, that it's good to see them back. Uh, you know, they have so much swagger from their history in the 1980s and 90s and hell, even the 2000s, the players that came out of there. Just amazing. But this new team could be different from the past few years. So we'll see. North Carolina, Mac Brown. What's he doing up there? What's, what's all those recruits coming up to Mac Brown, North Carolina, Chapel Hill? They, too, are playing a ranked team, number 19, Virginia Tech, on Saturday. So we'll see what they have in store for us. Will they continue to be a surprise team? I don't know. They're normally a basketball team, not a basketball school, but they've been surprising. They're in the top 10, just like the U is. Tennessee. Now, Tennessee is some the team that I've kind of been following more since they were in the SEC. Last year, they won 8-5, and five, and they struggled out of the gate. Pruitt played together, and they won, I believe, 8-5 and five last year, won their bowl game. They're riding high on momentum. I've got, I know I kind of joke with some people. I was like, you know, they're building momentum. They're going to win the East next year. I, I, maybe I'm a, it's a little facetious, but 
I, I mean, they have been playing good. They're in the top 25. They, maybe we're going back to Phil Fulmer days. I don't know. They're playing number three Georgia this Saturday. So we'll see if they are a surprising team to look forward to. Those are three surprising teams. What What are your reactions when I say those names? I not. I mean, the two ACC teams, well, Miami, they're like, you know, the last three or four years, they've kind of been on that cusp of breaking through and, and really emerging themselves as that next top big dog. I mean, of course, they have had that. You know, they have the history for sure. But but I think these last few years, they're almost there, almost there, almost there. Is this the year? I think their matchup with Clemson uh, is going to be a key indicator in, in whether or not they're, they're for sure here to stay. They've been for sure impressing. I, I like, you know, their, their culture that they've always brought, you know, the turnover chain with the big chain that they give to whoever gets that turnover. They've been fun to watch um, for sure. But yeah, that, that's a big matchup. And I think in the ACC, it's, it's Clemson's conference. It's, it's Clemson's conference. And until someone can overthrow them or, or at least show some competitive signs, I know Florida State in the past years, Florida State is different this year, obviously, in, in these past few years. But, but before, it was kind of that Clemson and Florida State battle uh, w- within them. But, but maybe Miami, it's Miami's turn to finally you know, take it their turn. So that's an interesting pick. And I, I'm glad to see that they've been doing well leading up to this point. Big game, big game this weekend then uh, against Clemson. They got a chance to prove themselves. Yep. And then same with North Carolina. I mean, you would think never, never in, we would never be talking about North Carolina unless it would be a college basketball uh, podcast. But, but here we are talking about North Carolina and, and their football program. They've been a team also, not even to the extent of Miami on how well they've been doing, but they've always been consistent in these last few years. And I think now, it's one of these teams' turns to really, you know, make that leap and bound forward. So, North Carolina, not too much input I have on that, except for I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll we'll go ahead and see ACC a little bit softer when you, when you look at the back half of of the standings on that. So, mm-hmm. they have some opportunity to rack up some wins in that aspect. But when they do see the Clemsons and Miami, those are the time that they really need to show that they still got it going. Tennessee, wow, Tennessee, man. A team that, I mean, they, they were trash a few years ago, even trash last year to begin the year. And, and to see that they've, they've shifted that and, and now it's a winning, winning mentality there in that program. They've been a team that impressed me, especially in the SEC, which I think is the toughest conference in all of college football. Absolutely. Right? A long shot. I mean, it's not even close. Some would argue Big Ten. But, but no, if you look at the NFL, and I, I, I'm going to use this as the basis of my argument. You look at the NFL. Every game, it's SEC there, SEC there, SEC, SEC, SEC. I mean, look at the talent that they're producing for the next level in the NFL. It's just uncomparable, uncomparable. Even if you filter it down to LSU and Alabama, I mean, almost, almost, everyone, you're, every, almost everyone you're rostering on, on um, fantasy football is, is an SEC grad. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, going back to the point of Tennessee, uh, they've been a team and they're surprising for sure because you saying that they're in the top 25 now, I mean, that, that is a surprise just off of the fact that in the last few years, they've been very poor, very, very, very poor. But I think they've, they've had a lot of coaching changes, a lot of coaching um, have come and gone. And I think perhaps, perhaps they, they found their way um, right now to make a breakthrough, but, but yeah, the surprising teams in top 25 and we'll see, cause I know that football, especially in the um, college football playoff era, it's been more or less the same names year in and year out. But I mean, I think if, if 2020 has not shown us anything, it's, it's maybe a, a time for change. Maybe a new team will break them, uh, break themselves into that mix, but we'll see. We'll see as the season is still so very young, but we'll, we'll segue now into a special shout out. And it's our last year's Heisman winner. And in my opinion, one of the best Heisman winners and the most deserving Heisman winners of all time, Joe Burrow. Goat. Goat. Goat status. Big. Joe, big Joe, big blank Joe, Um, Mr. Burrow himself won the Heisman last year for our Tigers. This year, 
I know that there's so many different variables to look at it. You know, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, I mean, some teams aren't even making that full season of, of games being played. How are they going to evaluate a Heisman? How are they going to eventually dwindle down the list to make that decision? Peter, I want to know some of your contenders and, and, and who have been maybe some dark horses that have emerged themselves in that Heisman list uh, potentially to win it all. Absolutely. I think some two contenders that I think everyone was looking forward to coming into this year were two teams that were in the top four, and that's uh, their quarterbacks, Justin Fields for Ohio State. I know they're only going to be playing eight games. I mean, you have to include him. He was in the top three last year. He was a finalist. And then you have to also look at Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's been in the spotlight since his freshman year, national champion quarterback. I mean, people have been hyping him to here and there. You know, he's he's got all the tools to be a great quarterback. And along with him on the Clemson team is the running back, Travis Etienne. I've heard some a little hype for him as a Heisman. So those are the three, I guess, big, big names going into the season that everyone would think that's going to step up and play well. I think a quarterback that's that's really shown well his himself well this year has been Kyle Trask for Florida. Now, I, I won't say he's Joe Burrow level. I know I've heard that on TV a little bit. But he did he did play well last year when he was against LSU. He went toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow. He made a mistake late in the game in the red zone. But, man, Kyle Trask looks good. I, I don't like giving credit to other SEC teams, especially Florida. But, man, he does look good. He, he's very composed in the pocket, as I mentioned, with Miles Brennan, who has been a disappointment. I didn't think maybe he'd win a Heisman, but – I mean, with our offense we had last year, I mean, anything's possible. That's what you're thinking. But just that the, the contrast right now is that Kyle Trask looks very composed in the pocket, looks like he knows where he wants to go. He's got command of the offense, and he's got all the tools in terms of physical tools of making throws and even athleticism running around the pocket. So those are my picks in terms of, I guess, those four guys, Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne for Clemson. Uh, Florida's Kyle Trask, and then I know he hasn't even played yet, but Justin Field for Ohio State. I think those are four guys you definitely have to look at. Couple, I got one dark horse. I did have the Mississippi State KJ Costello when uh, I mean he he looked like a Heisman in that first game. Maybe that was just LSU's defense, but I, I'm just throwing that in the trash. I don't think that's that's gonna happen. He did have a great performance. I'll give him that, but that ain't happening. Yeah, I will, I will shout out to Miami's quarterback Derek. King, I believe that's how you pronounce it. Mm, mm, yep. He's been yep. playing well. Some have said that he looks like the next Lamar Jackson. He's 5'11", kind of that shorter yeah. quarterback, Drew Brees, Boy. Russell Wilson. But, yeah, I mean, he's been doing good. I, I'd look, I'll yeah. look out for him, if, especially if Miami does well. What yeah, you- and I think, yeah, with, with, the, with the names you just mentioned, I think, well, speaking regarding Heisman, I think, you know, the, the committee and, and what we've seen in the last few years – the team itself got to go either undefeated or one loss for you to even have a shot at, at winning the Heisman. And what we've seen with the Oklahoma quarterbacks with Baker and, and Kyler winning the Heisman. And then last year, Burrow, you know, they all pretty much ran the table or had one loss. I think in, yeah, all of, all of those teams. And then even dating back, I mean, historically, usually, you know, the Heisman winners on a team that's undefeated. So, um, KJ Costello, after after definitely that first performance, that's on track for Heisman numbers for sure. But I think with the loss coming last weekend, kind of cancels him from the equation, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Clemson's quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, he's someone that has been a candidate since he stepped foot um, in Clemson. And he's, I mean, you see it in the NFL, teams are are tanking for him, if you will. I hate to use Thank the word, but... But yeah, tanking for Trevor. So he's, I mean, some of the throws that he makes are absolutely phenomenal too. He's someone that's shown that when he gets to that next level, he has no no worry for that transition. And then Travis Etienne, explosive back. He's been there seem, seemingly for forever. That name just seems like year in and year out, just attached to Clemson. And he's been phenomenal, Travis Etienne, even last year. Uh, too, he gave us a real scare for our he money um, in in that championship game too. And then the F- Florida's QB Kyle Trask, just hold your horses on on all that Joe Burrow talk because that's a lot. That's a lot. So so we'll see. Um, but but yeah, that LSU Florida matchup that's a matchup that I have circled on my calendar. I'm excited for 
going to be a massive game. But I think for the contender-wise, out of everyone that you've mentioned, and obviously we're not going to have a back-to-back quarterback winning the Heisman in LSU because I, I don't foresee Miles Brennan winning it unless he just absolutely turns the table and goes bananas. But who knows? Who knows? Um, but I, I see Trevor Lawrence winning it um, in a landslide, if you will. I, I think it's oh. going to be a pretty TBH? pretty solid. Yeah, not a TBH, but but definitely just from what the information that you've provided me right now and Final from answer. my previous knowledge, I think I'm going to go with Trevor, uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, Clemson QB and future number one pick in the NFL draft um, as my Heisman. But yeah, those names that you've mentioned, I mean, good, good. It's good to hear that Trevor Lawrence and ATN, I mean, kind of expected, but it's also good to hear that Kyle Trask is making a leap forward and even Miami's Derek King. Those Lamar quotes, I mean, big comparison there, especially to someone that we've seen win the Heisman and the NFL MVP overall. So very, very high praise. So I'm interested to see more from Derek King as well. Um, It'll be a fun game this Saturday, huh, Clemson? Yes, it, that, that's going to be a massive game. Two of Peter's Heisman hopefuls right there in the mix right there. So we'll see how that trans, transfolds. But I, I think the big takeaway definitely is is also the fact that Justin Fields, as you mentioned, someone last year that definitely was a Heisman candidate and given Joe Burrow, if he didn't have that year that he had, he would have probably been the Heisman, Justin Fields. He had an amazing year at Ohio State. Um, but we'll see how the committee kind of evaluates that, the fact that you know their season has been compromised to an extent. Um, but yeah, interesting. Heisman race is always fun to follow. And I think this year in specific, it's going to be even more intriguing just due to the fact that not everybody has that even fair um, evaluation or, or playing field that, that the committee is going off of. But yeah, uh, good, good, good insight right there, Peter, from the Heisman candidates and, and some people that have impressed you. We'll segue now into, uh, we'll kind of go over the overall landscape and, and how, uh, which teams were supposed to be good. We'll, we'll talk about old contenders really quickly and new contenders. And then where is the pressure button clicking on or who is it clicking on? Mm. Uh, I'd like to know, Peter, and then I'll give you my quick reaction of that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as we can uh, all know, with the especially with college football lately in the playoffs, it's been just you know a handful of teams that's really been contending. You always have to throw in Alabama. You always have to throw in Clemson, and you always have to throw in Ohio State. So those three, I don't think they've digressed by any means in recruiting or the players that they have now. So I would, I'm not going to be surprised if they're still there. Uh, someone's got to come and knock them off. And that's exactly what LSU did last year. They came up and we coming and they knocked them out as coach O would say. And so, yeah, it's going to take those three are definitely going to be there. Some new contenders that you were thinking maybe would go up. Definitely Florida. Florida is a team that uh, Dan Mullen has started to get his recruiting class in there. As I just mentioned, Kyle Trask is playing wonderful. They look good. Their defense looking solid as can be. The Gators are looking good. Um, you know, I don't know if they're, they're they're as good as LSU was last year to where they can really step up their game, but I guess that's what we're going to see. I think there's a, there are teams to be reckoned with. They're definitely a new contender. Another new contender that you thought maybe would come up, especially uh, you know with their their co- their coach now has been there three years. Unfortunately, it's probably not going to happen as we just saw last week. Texas A and M. Jimbo Fisher, this is his third year there. You, this is that time when you have your recruits in, you you have your system in, you're getting comfortable. They got blown out by Alabama last week. That's a that's a tough go of it for Texas A&M fans. I know they were hyped because they they had an easy schedule, so to speak, without with before COVID happened. But yeah, it's it's very disappointing to see them not even be competitive against Alabama. So I don't know where they go from here. And obviously, they're not going to fire Jimbo, but. He's got to start stepping it up. He's got to start showing that you're competitive and that you can win the SEC West legitimately. Not just crown yourselves champion because you beat LSU in a overtime game that really shouldn't have been that long of a game. But that's neither here nor there. Some other possible content pretenders, in my opinion, uh, is Notre Dame and Penn State. They're always seemingly right on that cusp. But I just, I, for whatever reason, I don't ever feel like they're ever threatening. That's just my opinion, but they're going to probably be there just because of their schedule and that they're, they're going to have the opportunity to play 
against big names and actually win games too. And a teams that have the pressure on constantly is because they have never gotten it done, or at least recently haven't gotten it done in the big time. And that's Georgia and Oklahoma. Obviously, Oklahoma just lost twice, so they're pretty much out for this year. But they're always disappointing in terms of their, you know, they get to these big games and just they just can never get it done. It used to be called, you know, big game Bob Stoops or whatever. But I don't think he was the only problem. They, they've been struggling even with Lincoln Riley in big games. Georgia, Kirby Smart is he's right there. He's got Georgia right there the last few years. He just can't quite get it over. Just like Mark Rick couldn't get quite over with Georgia. They got to do something. I think for right now for them is offense. They need to get better in offense. They need to open it up like LSU did. We'll see if they do. I'm not sure. Uh, Georgia's got all the talent in the world, but those are pretty much – I mean, is that a top 10 right there? That's about <laughs> top nine, top 10 right yeah. there, teams that – I'm looking forward to, to contending or pretending. So that's just my thoughts. What do you think when I hear those names, Ryan? Oh, man. So some of those names, I mean, sound like a broken record, huh, Peter? I mean, with the Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, I mean, names that we are so familiar with in the last, what, 10, 15 years of us following college football. But that Big 12, I mean, typically what we've seen is one team, either the Oklahoma I mean, it has been Oklahoma really running that. But usually, I mean, with the college football playoff, it's like one team perhaps from the Big 12 is going to make it too. But now I think how Oklahoma has started their season, they're for sure not going to make any sort of college football playoff when that time comes. Texas, I, I don't see them. So now it's really like, okay, for sure, I think now two teams from the SEC will make it. You're going to have Clemson or potentially, as you mentioned, Miami, if they really string together some wins and they win this weekend, maybe one team from ACC, you're going to have the two teams from SEC, which is always so prevalent. You know, every year it's like Alabama and Georgia, or is it going to be LSU like last year in Alabama? Are they going to sneak their way in? But then they lost to Auburn. So that kind of shaped up itself. But I think this year, depending on how things are unfolding, usually the committee is looking at the SEC and saying, what two teams are we going to bring into the playoff? I think this year it kind of is easier for them because Big 12 is kind of out of the picture, out of the picture. And I think although they've produced some good talent from the next level, with we see with Patrick Mahomes and, and Kyler Murray and, and some of those guys, but I think from a college football lens, SEC, they've got to produce two teams that are going to make the playoff this year, whether it's Alabama and hopefully LSU, um, or Alabama, and um, well, they beat Auburn. They killed, uh, or who beat Auburn? Uh, Georgia beat Auburn, or it's Alabama or or Georgia. Whatever the case may be, I think that two SEC teams will probably make it into that playoff, which leaves, we'll see how the Big Ten is. Um, but Ohio State and Ohio State is usually there. Penn State's always on the cusp. Michigan with Harbaugh doesn't mm. seem like they mentioned that. they're there, but they always have the talent to to at least be a top 15, top 20, top 10 even team. So we'll see that. But I think this year from what has happened so far, disappointing Big 12, disappointing Big 12. Um, can't discount those two losses from Oklahoma. And then SEC, always SEC. I mean, you're going to always have those upsets here and there, but for the most time, the, the cream is going to always rise to the top. And I think with Bama, they've always done that, unfortunately, even though <laughs> they are a great team, a great program that they have up there in Tuscaloosa. But they're always there. And then LSU, we're going to get our feet underneath us soon, hopefully now, and, and push for that college football spot. And then Georgia, um, they, they've been good in the last few years. Um, Just so, right there. Yeah, that's my takeaway. But the new contenders, I don't know if they're ready yet, but if there's a year, it's this year. If there's a year, it's this year. Um, but yeah, definitely pressure is on from Oklahoma, which you saw, I mean, they get a couple more losses and that whole program is going to be in shambles if it mm. isn't already. And then with Georgia, they had it, man. They were in the national championship a few years ago against Alabama and they had that game. They had the lead. They just couldn't hold on. Couldn't hold on. Like I said, the cream will rise and Alabama <laughs> did, and they continue to do so for the most part. Sadly so we'll see. for us. Yeah, sadly for our SLSU fans. But got to admit it, they're good. Nick Saban, yeah, great coach. Yeah. Got to admit it. Yeah. Yep, great program they got up there too. But last year we were the cream, and we definitely rose. 
So happy about that. But yeah, different year, different season. But man, a lot of names that that we're used to. But at the same time, hopefully we get some new names in that mix, as you mentioned, Peter, with with the likes of like a Florida or Texas A and M breaking Notre forward. Dame or Penn State Notre actually Dame even not pretending, yeah, yeah Penn State. So not not just pretending this year, but but really actually contending. But yeah. Lastly, we'll finalize this college football podcast with let me just get how you think the national championship should be determined and who your ways away pick is. I know we're still a long As a way. As a national away, champion but, pick? Yeah. Ooh, that's gonna be a tough just one. Just one name. No, no, no here, no there, just one. Just one give me name. one name also for that. I'll get to that, but it is gonna be tough. I mean, look. Like you just said, there's no level playing field. I mean, some teams are playing seven games. Some teams are playing eight games. Some are 10. It's all in the same conference. How you, you're going to, some teams are going to be combined. Unless there's four teams that completely distinguish themselves, it's going to be tough to distinguish who those top four teams are. And so with that, there's probably going to be a lot of complaining from teams that, hey, we should have been in. Hey, we should have been in. What, but, you know, what are you going to do? This is what we have. I'm just happy we're playing. Hopefully we can continue to improve player-wise and everyone still stay safe. It's going to be tough. I mean, hell, they might even go back to the old AP, AP system in terms of choosing things by polls, but you know how that goes. But in terms of who's going to win it, my pick. Hey, you got me unprepared on this one. I didn't even choose, but I'll, I'll go ahead and throw a TBH out there. I think Clemson. We'll win again. Dabo. Man. I don't have Clemson. any logic behind it. That is a complete guess. I just yep. have a feeling that Clemson's going to do it this year. Early pick. And I know I'm, I put you on the spot, Peter, on it. So I'll also put myself on the spot. I haven't given much thought into it. But Clemson, I mean, gun to your head on any college football casual fan. And Clemson's not a bad pick, too. But we've seen them so far this year, and they've shown that it's the Clemson of the last few years. So that's not a bad pick, especially in the ACC. But yes, we'll keep mentioning it. Big game this weekend against Miami. Big, big game. Um, so depending on the outcome of that, I mean, if Clemson wins that, I mean, it's it's Clemson again going to the playoff. But but yeah, I think this year with, with all the different factors and all the different conferences and and how there's no even playing field it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to dwindle that list down which is on a normal year very hard to dwindle down to four i mean there's always some sort of controversy Um, but i think this year it's just got to be straightforward i mean there's going to be that committee and i just think even given the fact that let's say a big 10 team like a uh, Ohio state or Michigan just plays phenomenally for those eight games. It's, it's going to be that eye test. It's going to be their overall record. And, and that's just going to be it. I mean, that's just going to be it. bare bones. And yeah. Bare bones. You just got to look at, look at it from that perspective and that perspective only what teams look the best when they're playing and what's their record. We don't have the likes of the, analyzing the strength of schedule to an extent as we you normally do just due to the fact that the schedules are shrunk down so that's why i think it's it's imperative that every team i mean every week is so important for even the teams that have had a longer season but but even more so for the teams that have the shortened schedule really go out every saturday and just absolutely give your best performance week in and week out that's going to be the only way that you're going to have a shot at even competing at that national championship um but yeah i mean we're gonna still wait to see because nothing really has been been communicated out in that process yet so Mm -hmm. teams really don't know how things are going to be evaluated from a college football playoff uh, right now it's still scheduled so. like all the bowl games and, and the championships still scheduled so I, I but i don't i didn't even know that until i looked it up you know yeah. within the week so who knows how it's so going. i think as, as the as the dominoes fall then we'll kind of get a clear idea but at this moment like i said peter just every team every college football team just needs to go up put their best foot forward you know saturday just give your best performance um and that's all you can do. Really, that's all you can do. And then let the decision-making fall into the people that are making the decision-making. So um, outside of that, I will give also, as I put you on the spot, I will also put myself on the spot. You chose Clemson mm. as, as your pick. 
I'm going with the Fighting Irish. Oh my, Notre Dame, and and do I have much? knowledge backing my thesis of this no i i really don't i'm going to be honest with you i'm going to be honest with the viewers 2020 a year of of so much unpredictability so much things that have uh, uh gone on in an unprecedented fashion i mean why not this is a year for a team like notre dame to to win it all i mean luck i like the irish yeah the, the luck of the irish if you say it like that but 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 if you ask me to name a single player on the Fighting Irish team, I cannot. I mean, it's just I'm just going on on a whim's edge right now and, and just choosing something out of the hat. But I like Irish. I like the Fighting Irish, Notre Dame. I got them uh, winning it all, not by a lot of of backing, but just just my gut feeling. As I kind of put you on the spot, I'll just put my myself on the spot and just go for gun it. to our heads. Gun to our heads. I mean, all right, gun to my head. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, gun to my head of not going Notre Dame, but but definitely like, but definitely just my hey, like let's let's make this let's make this TBH and see how it unfolds, uh, kind of with the house money, if you will. Mm-hmm. Put it in the airways, see how it does. Yeah, but I mean, if it hits, it hits. If not, you know, it's a nice little penny stock, if you will. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I love it. I love it. This was a this was a nice episode to kind of dip our toes more into the college football. We haven't gotten a chance to. To talk about it too much but we do love it obviously we heard our story we didn't even get to t- a chance to talk about stingly but maybe that's another episode oh, when he gets trapped stinger that's that's story time i think that's that's for the viewers uh i think we've already touched base on it in a previous podcast but we can't let just the normal like, you got to be you got to be able to withstand that kind of talk to be in that podcast uh, mm-hmm. so. it might be rated rated PG thirteen. So we might have to. We might have to make our way to Patreon for that one, brother. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, uh, a lot of fun stuff coming in, in in the near future for this Anox podcast. And then Peter is always uh, pumping up those golf stories that we all love. So um, just look forward to more content being uh, put out from the Anox. Um, again, we hope you guys are staying safe, being well, um, and, and also just. We really appreciate the sport. Truly, truly appreciate the sport, Peter and myself, that you have shown to the channel. Um, growing substantially in these just few, few months that we've been operating and putting out content. So that's why we stress the importance of hitting that comment box below with anything that you'd like to see from us, anything that you've enjoyed, and and just some real feedback, honest, real feedback, because I'm sure that me and Peter will look at every single one of those and take it to account. So Peter, it's been a pleasure as always. Um, But yeah, any lasting words for for the viewers or myself? Uh, I think you pretty much said it. Please like, subscribe, and comment below. Your words mean something to me. So there. Oh, that's right. <laughs> All right, everyone. This is the Anox Podcast, and we are out. We love you, Christian. See you.